All right, verse, verse 18, Revelation chapter 2, verse 18. And unto, the, and to the angel of the church in Thyatira write, These things saith the Son of God, who hath his eyes like unto a flame of fire, and his feet are like fine brass. And that's Jesus Christ, obviously, and he's speaking to John, John telling him to write to this church. And that, that description of Jesus Christ is a lot like he was described at the first in Revelation chapter 1. And, and remember, these seven churches, we've, we went from Ephesus to Smyrna to Pergamos to Thyatira. And uh, we're here, we're going to put this date at 500 to 1000 A.D. All these churches were literal churches that existed at the time of John. And he's writing these literal letters to literal churches. But these churches represent church history and periods of church history. And uh, you can see we had Ephesus at 33 to 200. Smyrna from 200 to 325, Pergamos from 325 to about 500. And we're going to put, per, we're going to put Thyatira as about 500 to 1,000 A.D. And these dates are, are kind of, uh, they're not set in stone. They kind of, they, some of them overlap, but it gives you a good idea of what's going on. But they really relate to church, what was going on during church history at that time. And Jesus Christ says, write these things, verse 19, I know thy works and charity and service and faith, and thy patience, and thy works, and the last to be more than the first. Now notice he says works twice in there. First he begins with works, and then he ends with works. And then he says, uh, and the last to be more than the first. What he's saying there is you begin with works, verse 19. I know thy works, but when you add charity to your works, when you add service to your works, when you add faith to your works, when you add patience to your works, he says, and the last to be more than a first. When you add those four things, uh, charity, service, faith, patience to your works, you can't help but be better, have better works, have more works. Your works are going to be better when you add these things. When you first become a Christian, you start trying to work for the Lord. But when you grow as a Christian, when you, come, you go from being a babe in Christ to you become a, a mature Christian, you start trying to serve the Lord. You start adding charity. What is the word charity? The word charity is a mature love. It's a giving love. So uh, anybody can have love. A little baby, a little kid can have love, but it's not a mature love. Charity is a giving love. Okay, that, that's, that's the greatest love. That's a, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. He gave. That's a love that gives. So charity is a giving love, and that's what every Christian should have. A little kid can love, but a, a little kid takes Amen. A little kid doesn't give his, has to have the love it gives. A little kid's taken from his parents, taken as his parents from his parents. But as a kid grows and matures, you expect that kid to start growing into charity and having a, having a real love. Where when he becomes a parent and he has a kid, what, what does that he have? He has charity towards his kid or her kid, and he's, grow, he's uh, loving that kid, giving that kid that love. That's charity. And of course, service. And faith and patience. When you add those four things, the last to be more than the first. Your, your works in the end will be a whole lot more than they were in the beginning starting out. All right. Verse 20. Notwithstanding, I have a few things against these. So he always commends them, and then he, then he straightens them out. There's always something good they're doing, and then he's always pointing out, hey, there's something bad you're doing. Remember what I said last week? The only church that's not going to get... That's not going to get in trouble. It's not going to get any kind of trouble. It's Philadelphia. They're the ones that, do, the ones that don't get condemned at all in any way. 
is Philadelphia. And they're the ones that held the word of God. And we'll get into that church later. Notwithstanding, verse 20, I have a few things against thee, because thou sufferest that woman Jezebel, which calleth herself a prophetess, to teach and to seduce my servants, to commit fornication and to eat things sacrificed unto idols. That's a pretty wicked woman right there. And now, this woman, evidently, uh, this woman, there's a, there's a, we know who Jezebel is. And according to Jesus Christ, there was a Jezebel that was in the church at that time. And uh, we don't know for sure if there was an actual Jezebel in the church of Thyatira. Or if this was just in, in uh, well, how would you put it? This is just in a, a type of a Jezebel. But there's, even, if it's, even if it's so, this is, all, this is speaking to us this morning. This Jezebel that's, in, that's mentioned in this church, this woman Jezebel, because it calls herself a prophetess to teach and to, to teach us and to seduce my servants to commit fornication and to eat things sacrificed unto idols. This is a really wicked woman. Look at verse 21. And I gave her space to repent of her fornication, and she repented not. So Jesus Christ, even if, as wicked as you might be, the Lord always gives somebody a space to repent. He's always looking for somebody to repent. In other words, you might, that's why sin is such a problem with humanity. Sin is a problem because God doesn't execute judgment right then on it. He allows us to sin, and he gives us space to repent, to get, to get, to get right with him. And if, if, if you did some kind of wrong thing, and God was to slap your hand and come down and, and, and correct you right then, that would stop a lot of it. But that's not, how, that's not God's character. God's character is to give you a free will and allow you to find this stuff out and allow, give you a space to repent. And he did give her space to repent of her fornication, and she repented not. Fornication is any kind of unclean sexual act. It's basically sexual act outside of marriage. That's something the world... <laughs> Sex outside of marriage is a sin in God's eyes. And we need to remember that. And there's, there's a reason why. Sex is, a, well, sex is not like what the world portrays it, like just some kind of physical act. There's something spiritual going on there. There's something emotional going on there. And scientifically, they've even proven that there's something going on in a woman's chemistry that when she, after she's had sex, that there's something going on. And it changed. There's some thing that's released, a chemical is released in her, in her brain that causes problems, so it gives a woman problems when she's sleeping around, going from partner to partner to partner. And uh, that's been scientifically proven. So it's not as simple as to say, well, it's just some kind of physical act. It's not just a physical act. There's something spiritual going on there, and there's something sacred to it. That's why rape is such a bad thing. Rape's a lot. Rape is, there's not, sometimes rapes can be committed. There's nothing really physically happening to somebody. But rape's a whole lot worse than somebody just simply punching somebody in the face. There, there's a lot more to it, and society understands that. And God's trying, to, God's trying to protect you by warning you against fornication. Here's some, here's some uh, transparencies on the church in Thyatira. This is modern-day Thyatira. You see how it's fell down, and uh, it's in ruins today. But it's amazing what they could do, what they could do, the, the, how squared up this stuff is, how rounded up this stuff is. It's amazing some of the things they could do, the architecture of that day. But this shows you some pictures of modern day Thyatira. Thyatira translates odor of affliction. Odor of affliction. The church was really afflicted in this time. And it's, uh, this is when the Roman Catholic Church was really becoming strong as a group. And then uh, 
as an organization, and they're going to start really killing people and getting after people. And those people they're killing is me and you, is the Bible believers, people who believe in the Bible, who are going against what they're teaching as a, a theocracy, where they're trying to set up a, a government that's run, a religious theocracy. Notwithstanding, I have few things against thee, because thou sufferest that woman Jezebel, which calleth herself a prophetess, to teach and to seduce my servants to commit fornication and to eat things sacrificed unto idols. So if he's going to mention, Jesus Christ has mentioned Jezebel, we need to find out as much as we can about Jezebel in the Bible. Jezebel, of course, y'all know, is a wicked woman. Y'all probably never met a woman named Jezebel. You're never going to meet a man. It's hard to find a man named Adolf. Once you have a person, uh, or Judas, once you have a person who has, uh, who's did something wicked, their name, that name's so synonymous with that wickedness that nobody wants to name their kids after Jezebel or Adolf. It's like whenever Bill Clinton was in office, at the end of Bill Clinton's uh, presidency, there was hard, I bet you there wasn't a girl in America named Monica at that time. That name was accursed. And that's because of everything going on. Names are attached, and your, your name has... Guys, sometimes the only thing you got good is your name. Amen, Amen okay? Your name, and you got to keep... Your testimony is attached to your name, and you, you got to keep your name and your testimony. You don't, you don't want to get a bad name. Jezebel had a bad name. And let's look at Jezebel a little bit closer. Turn to Judges chapter 18. Turn to, turn to Judges chapter 18. Let's look at... Jezebel a little bit closer. What's going on, Jezebel, this morning? Turn to Judges chapter 18. Jesus is warning them about the way they're, the way they're acting and the way she's, she's seducing them. There is a seduction going on in the churches today, and it was going on back in this time, and it's all tied to feminism. There's a, there's a seduction in feminism. Jezebel. Look at Judges chapter 18. Look at verse 19. Now I encourage y'all, we're probably going to be reading this through our Bible reading challenge, but I encourage y'all to read this chapter because we don't have time this morning to go through it all, but I'm going to give you a little idea of what's going on. Chapter 18, Judges chapter 18, verse 19. So Dan, the tribe of Dan is going, they find this, they're going out and they're going off to conquer, and they find this guy, and he's a priest and a father, and he's, he's got this religion set up, and they decide they want him to be their priest and father. Look at verse 19. And they said unto him, to this, this priest and this father, Hold thy peace, lay thine hand upon thine mouth, and go with us. This is tribe of Dan. Go with us, and be to us a father and a priest. Is it better for thee to be a priest unto the house of one man, or or that thou be a priest unto a tribe and a family in Israel. So this one, this one guy was a religious priest, and they were calling him a father, and he was running this one house, and he was at Micah's house, and he had these images and these uh, teraphims, and he had all these places he was worshiping, and he was worshiping these false gods. And Dan, had tried, and, and Dan comes along and says, Hey, it's better for you to go with us and be a priest and a father over a whole tribe of the family of Israel. Why don't you just stand here with this one man? And they basically steal this guy and all his images and take him, and he sets up a religious system. See there in verse 20? And the priest's heart was glad. See, he, he loved all this attention. And he took the ephod and the teraphim and the graven image 
and went in the midst of the people. So they turned and departed and put the little ones and the cattle and the carriage before them. So they took this priest and father off. But what I'm pointing out to, pointing out to you is, here's a guy. He, they go where the tribe, This is where the tribe of Dan found a priest called a father who worshipped images and idols. What does that sound like? Well, it sounds like what you see up here on the transparency. It sounds like a Catholic priest who they call father. And he worships images and uh, idols. And here I have some pictures of a priest and a father sitting here by the images and the idols and how they burn candles to them. They lay stuff before these idols and they're worshiping these idols and these images. And they're calling them father and priest. Now remember what Jesus Christ said in Matthew chapter 23. In Matthew 23, Jesus Christ said, call no man your father in a religious sense. Call no man your father, okay? But that's exactly what's going on. Why is this so important? Why am I showing you this? Because look down at verse 28. Why I'm showing you this is look at down at verse 28. And there was no deliverer because it was far from Zidon. And they had no business with any man. It was in a valley that lieth by Betharab. Zidon. Keep that in mind. This was in the area of Zidon. All this is taking place in the area of Zidon. Where this prophet... Is there, and he's got a priest, and he's a father, and he has images and idols. It all takes place in Zidon. Why is that important? Well, because if you turn to 1 Kings chapter 16, turn with me to 1 Kings 16. Just turn to the right just a little bit to 1 Kings. That's why you're reading through your Bible, and you see these words in there, and you're saying, oh, I mean, why does God put this in there? Well, God puts that in there so when you study your Bible, you can figure out where these people are coming from. This is a chapter, 1 Kings chapter 16, look at verse 29. 1 Kings chapter 16, verse 29. God mentions there in that story in Judges 18 that this is the area of Zidon. Now let's look at what's going, when Jezebel shows up. She shows up in 1 Kings chapter 16, verse 29. And in the 38th year of Asa king of Judah began Ahab, the son of Amri, to reign over Israel, and Ahab, the son of Amra, reigned over Israel in Samaria twenty and two years. And Ahab, the son of Amra, did evil in the sight of the Lord above all that were before him. And it came to pass as if it had been a light thing for him to walk in the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, that he took to wife Jezebel, look at this, the daughter of Ithbael, king of the... Zidonians. So Jezebel was the daughter of a king of Zidonian. And remember, in Judges 18, that's where all this stuff comes from. This area of Zidonian is, is where all this stuff comes from, where you have fathers and priests and images and idols. That's, where her, that's her heritage. And that's where Ahab went to get his wife, was from that area. And she was a daughter of... Notice what his name is. See that Eth Baal? There's Baal right there. The god Baal, B-A-A-L, Ethbaal. So his name is attached to Baal. That's a scary thing. King of the Zidonians that went and served, look, Baal, and went and served Baal and worshipped him. So Ahab took this wife, and she, she was helping him to serve. They started serving all these images and uh, Worshiping Baal, and he was, she, she come from a line, and she was a prophetess, and she come from a line of people that served fathers and priests. Do you see where I'm going with this? What I'm trying to show you is this, this is the same thing that's going on in the Catholic Church today. 
And it all, it's all tied together. And it's, uh, some of this has started with Jezebel. And Jesus Christ is pointing this out, that she seduced them to commit fornication and to worship idols. So when, if, you're, if you're going to a Catholic church, you're being seduced into worshiping. You're worshiping idols, just like this father and priest. You're calling a man a father, and Jesus Christ said, call no man a father. You see how this is all pointing to the Catholic religious system, the Roman Catholic religious system that we're seeing going on today? And why uh, for, for thousands of years the church has pointed out this, to, this and this has, been a, this has been an issue in the book of Revelation. One thing about uh, 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 Jezebel, and we're going to get going... In 1 Kings 18, Jezebel slew the prophets of the Lord. This woman so wicked, she was gathering the prophets of the true Lord, Jesus Christ, or Father God, and was slaying them. She was slaying the prophets of the Lord. Now, she did that in 1 Kings 18. In 1 Kings 18, it also says that Jezebel had a table that her Baal prophets would eat at. So she basically was paying these Baal prophets to be able to exist. And she was feeding them and she was taking care of them. And this is Jezebel's doing this. Jezebel was a big time instigator and leader of the Baal prophets. She, it said that she had a table that her Baal prophets would eat at. In other words, she was supporting these Baal prophets. And remember what happened with the Baal prophets. They were the ones that Elijah killed when they had the great contest. And he brought fire down from heaven. That was Jezebel's prophets that he killed. After he, after he won the contest and God brought down the fire. Do you remember that story in, in 1 Kings 18? All the stuff that happened in that story. Remember they were cutting themselves. Uh, they were chanting. They were doing all this stuff. That's a, that they were, they were like uh, the Catholics do penance today. Where they, 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 they uh, mar themselves over in the Philippines. They, 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 rub up, they get on their knees and they, they, run, they uh, walk on their knees. They crawl on their knees for miles and miles. And their knees are all bloodied up because they're trying to do penance for some sin they've done. That uh, that's, goes all the way back to 1 Kings chapter 18, guys. All this stuff's been going on for thousands and thousands. This is nothing new in the world. Y'all understand that. Jezebel threatened to kill Elijah after he got the, her prophets killed. Jezebel's the one that threatened to kill Elijah. Remember when Elijah ran off? Elijah ran off and hid out and, got, and hid out in a cave eventually. And God showed up in a still small voice. Jezebel is the one that caused all this. Jezebel's the one that's stirring all this stuff up. Jezebel's the one that murdered Naboth at the vineyard. Naboth had that vineyard and Ahab wanted that vineyard. And Jezebel's the one that sent and got, got Naboth killed. It wasn't Ahab that done that. Ahab was told, you can't have this vineyard. So Ahab went home and started pouting about it. Jezebel shows up. Jezebel says, I'll make sure you get that vineyard. She's the one that killed Naboth. So you see Jezebel, she's a liar. She's a murderer. She's a, there's nothing good about Jezebel through the whole Bible. That woman Jezebel, which calleth herself a prophetess, she was a prophetess of Baal. Now here's a picture of Elijah, and he's bringing down, God's bringing down fire from heaven. And here's some of the false prophet, prophets of Baal running from Elijah as he brings fire down from heaven. Those are some great stories of Elijah. But all of this stuff is stirred up and caused by what? Caused by one woman. <laughs> one woman named Jezebel. She's the one that was causing all this trouble. And that's why God, Jesus Christ is warning that church that they got Jezebel and she's seducing them. And she's calling herself a prophetess and she's a prophetess of Baal. 
Now, there's a feminine spirit that's attached to Jezebel that's been going on through the world for three, 4,000 years. And in Judges chapter 2, verse 13, they're, uh, they're talking about this, and, they, and, and God says, They forsook the Lord and served Baal and Ashtaroth. Now, Ashtaroth is a female goddess that was equivalent of Baal. Baal was a Babylonian god. He was the male Babylonian god. See, I got this transparency up here. And Ashtaroth was the female equivalent. She was like the queen god that went with the male god. So Baal was a sun god, and Ashtaroth was like a fertility moon god. So they would worship the sun god, S-U-N, god, and then they also, the female equivalent of that was the moon god. This is all Satan's way of mimicking and copying God. Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He is the Son that rises with righteousness in His wings. S-U-N. Jesus Christ is a type. The Son is a type of Jesus Christ. Okay? And what is the church? The church is a type of the moon. We're dead. The only light we have is a reflection of the sun. Amen? The church is nothing. It's a dead satellite. And the only light the sun, moon gives off is the light that's reflected from the sun. We're, we're only light that a Christian gives off is the light that we reflect from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Without the sun, we're dead. We're floating around. No light in us. Nothing there. It's a dead planet. It's a dead satellite. You understand that? Okay, so what Satan has done is he's mimicking that, copying that by saying, well, the moon is a female, and of course the church is called a female. And then you have the Baal goddess. So you have a male god and you have the female companion gods, Baal and Ashtoreth. Now, what's interesting about that is the free Hebrew word for Ashtoreth and the English word is Easter or Ishtar. The Babylonian was Ishtar, and the Hebrew word for that Ishtar was Ashtoreth. This is all female. She was a Phoenician and Greek fertility goddess. And the Ashtoreth is the Hebrew name for the Canaanite fertility goddess. She was a fertility goddess. Now, since we don't have any kids in here this morning, I'm going to be real blunt about this. She, we have Easter today because the Catholic Church, in, to try to get the pagans to help worship with the Christians, because remember Constantine back in 325, they wanted to merge the church together, the pagans and the Christians together, the church and the state together. So to get one world religion, you had to merge everybody's holidays together. So since the pagans that worship Ishtar and Ashtoreth, and, and what we would say Easter today in our English Bible, what they would do is he would say, okay, y'all are worshiping the fertility goddess with what? With bunny rabbits, with Easter eggs, with all this fertility stuff that speaks to fertility. We're going to put that right there when? Right there with the Resurrection Sunday. Right there with what we as Christians call Resurrection Sunday when Jesus Christ came forth in springtime. So that's where Easter's coming from. I'm not telling you that we don't celebrate Easter, but we celebrate Easter as, when we say Easter, as Christians, we think that's Jesus Christ coming up, amen? That's a resurrection. But they put the name Easter on it so the pagans can celebrate right along with the Christians. That's where all this stuff comes from. If you ever wonder about the bunny rabbit, that's fertility. Rabbits are known for being very fertile, amen? And then you have the Easter egg, the egg. That's why, you know, a rabbit doesn't do, doesn't do an egg. We all know that. Why is it tied together? It's all about fertility. It all is traced back to this Ashtaroth. You see, this is 3,000, 3,500, 4,000 years ago. This is Satan working behind the scenes. And this is the feminine spirit of Jezebel. 
So in Jeremiah chapter 44, look at that real quick. Look at Jeremiah 44. We got just a little bit of time. Look at Je- chapter 44 of Jeremiah. We might have already looked at this before, but let's look at it again. So there's a feminine spirit of Jezebel running through the churches today and was running, has been running through the world for thousands of years. So if you, one thing you notice about the Bible when you read the Bible is very, it's, it's a male. God is, God is shown as a male, as a man. Jesus Christ is shown as a man. It's a very man, male-oriented. That's the way God has it set up. And, uh, of course, the man was created first, and then the woman, woman was created for the man. That's what the Bible says. So this is a very man, manly book, and God is, is portraying a very manly image. So the, the way Satan does is he tries to do a feminine side of it. Satan loves to be worshipped as a woman. He loves that stuff. But look at Jeremiah chapter 14, uh, 44, excuse me, Jeremiah 44, verse 15. Then all the men which knew that their wives had burned incense unto other gods. So there's the men, and they know their wives are doing this evil thing. They're worshiping these false gods. And, then, and all the women that stood by a great multitude, even all the people that dwelt in the land of Egypt and Pathros, answered Jeremiah, saying, As for the word that thou hast spoken unto us in the name of the Lord. So Jeremiah's warning them in the name of the Lord what God's telling them is going to happen to them if they don't stop doing this. They say in the end of verse 16, we will not hearken unto thee. So the women and the men are there and the women are saying and the men are listening to all this. We're not going to listen to it. We know what the Lord said, but we're not listening to a bit of it. Verse 17. But we will certainly do whatsoever thing goeth forth out of our own mouth. They're basically saying, I don't care what you say, God. I don't care, Jeremiah, what you say God says. We're going to do what we say. We're going to do what we want to do. That's exactly what they just said. We're going to burn, look, to burn incense unto the, who? Queen of heaven. See that feminine spirit, the feminine goddess, the queen of heaven. Who is the queen of heaven today? Mary. That's what the Catholic Church calls Mary. Interesting. And to, pour, and to pour out drink offerings unto her, see that feminine spirit? As we have done, we and our fathers, our kings and our princes, in the cities of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem. See, all this goes back to Jezebel. For then had we plenty of victuals, and we were well, and saw no evil. So they're saying, hey, we've been doing this, and we've been... We've been pouring out these drink offerings. We've been baking these cakes to the Queen of Heaven. Everything's been going great. Everything's been going well. And we've been doing this for a long time. And all of a sudden, things are not going well. But when we were doing that to the Queen of Heaven, things were going great. And now things aren't going great. Do you see where they don't get what's going on? God is very long-suffering. And God was putting up with them doing that. And now that God's starting to bring down judgment on them, they're saying, hey... We're, we're not going to stop doing that because now things are going bad. We want to keep doing it. They never realize the reason why things are starting to go bad is because God has let them get away with it. Now he's going to start punishing them. They're not, they're not seeing things straight. They're not thinking right. That's what's wrong with a lot of America today. A lot of Americans, they don't think straight. They're not in their right mind. They don't, they're not thinking straight. Look at verse 18. But since we left off to burn incense to the queen of heaven and to pour out drink offerings unto her, we have wanted all things and have been consumed by the sword and by the famine. (laughs) 
They got it all twisted around. They never stopped burning incense. The reason why they stopped burning stuff to Queen of Heaven is because they couldn't. Because they were in war. They, they couldn't burn stuff like they wanted to her because God had sent judgment to, her, to Israel through other nations coming and attacking Israel. So they didn't have the time. They, didn't, they couldn't put all the effort they wanted to serving the Queen of Heaven because God wasn't letting them serve the Queen of Heaven. You get what I'm saying here? They're not thinking straight. They're not thinking, God, Jeremiah's trying to tell them, God's judging you for what you've done. And they're saying, well, we can't do what we want to do. And when we were doing what we want to do, things were going well. And now that we can't, we, now that things are, we're not doing what we want to do, things are going bad. Well, because God's judging you. That's what he's trying to tell them. And they're, they're so twisted. And this reminds me of a lot of the liberals that we have living in America today. They're so twisted, they can't see things straight. They, they talk about tolerance, but they're only tolerant about things that they like, they agree with. If they don't agree with it, they're the, they're the least tolerant people you ever meet. That's what we're, what we're dealing with in America today. These same people, they, they're, they can't, they're not thinking straight. Verse 19, and when we burned incense to the look, queen of heaven and poured out drink offerings unto her, we did make her cakes to worship her and pour out drink offerings unto her without our men... See what that says? That's the women talking. That's the women saying all this. That's the women saying, we're doing this. We don't need our men. We're doing this. We don't need our men telling us what to do. We're doing this because this is what we want to do. And we're serving her. That's a feminine spirit that's that they're worshiping a goddess, and they don't realize what they're doing. Now, today, nowadays, we, that goddess is uh, the queen of heaven. And it's, this is a picture. This is a Catholic picture, a Catholic picture of Mary. That's an authorized Catholic picture. And you notice this Catholic picture? It's Mary. She's got the crown on, and she's holding Jesus Christ as a little baby. Look what she's got right there. It's like they've got her holding the rod of iron. Like she's the one that's ruling, and Jesus Christ as a little baby is being held in her arms. The world's okay with the baby Jesus. The world's okay with the little baby Jesus laying in a manger because they can control that baby and that baby doesn't tell them what to do and that baby doesn't get up and rule and reign over them. That's why they're okay with Christmas. They don't like the idea of Jesus Christ as King of kings and Lord of lords. They don't like that, that idea at all. But that's how they want to worship Mary and have Jesus being worshipped as a little baby. Guys, Jesus Christ hadn't been in that manger in 2,000 years. We worship Jesus Christ not as, a, not as a baby. We worship Jesus Christ as a resurrected man. Amen. All right? So we, that's what's going on in the feminine spirit of Jezebel. And we'll finish this off <clears throat> next Sunday morning, Lord willing. And we'll finish off the spirit of Jezebel and what's going on in the churches today. Anybody have any questions or comments about this? Okay, what's the question, bro? What, what they mean by congregation? Congregation? It's like we're a congregation, just a gathering of people. It's a gathering of people. Anybody else, anybody else have any other questions? The rod of iron would be what Jesus Christ has prophesied to rule the world with a rod of iron. But they have the rod of iron out of his hands and they have it in her hands. And I'm assuming that's what that is, is a rod of iron. Looks like it to me. It's a staff. Who's ruling this? It isn't that little baby right there. That's, 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 that woman is ruling. 
Just had a staff, brother, like a walking rod. Yeah. It would, yes, sir. We'll get, to, we'll get a little deeper into this. It's, a, it's amazing to me how many preachers I have come in here, and then I've actually heard this off, these are, these, I've heard this off of uh, Frank Turek, who's not even, he's not a Bible believer like us necessarily. He's not a King James guy. He's just a, he's an apologist, but he said, there's a problem with a feminine spirit running through the churches today. And this, guy's a, he's, this guy's on TV and everything else, and he, he said exactly what I've said for years and years. There is a feminine spirit running through the churches today. They try to make Jesus a little bitty wuss, a little baby, a little pansy. That's what they try to make Jesus. Jesus was the total opposite of anything like that. Jesus Christ was a man's man. Jesus Christ would offend you. Jesus Christ would call you a viper. Jesus Christ walked around as a man's man. And when they tried to confront Jesus Christ, he could say words and throw them back on their back. He allowed them to do what he allowed them to do to him. For mine and your sake, so we'd have salvation. He's a man's man. And they don't like this idea of Jesus Christ coming back as a king of kings, lord of lords, sword, riding on a horse, vesture dipped in blood. That's not his blood. That's the blood of his enemies, guys. <laughs> and I can show you that out of the Bible. But All right. Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer then. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, just thank you so much, Father, for your grace and mercy, Lord. Father, I just pray that... Uh, your Holy Spirit is the one that leads us and guides us into all truth. And we can understand your words, Father. Thank you for your book. And, Lord God, thank you for these, the Old Testament and the New Testament, Lord God, that we can get so close to you through it. And we can understand how you feel about things. I'm praying all this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.